بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل الأقدة من لساني يفقه كولي السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته أهلا وسهلا ومرحبا بكم Welcome you all to this segment wherein we will be discussing, learning and reflecting some of the supplications or du'as from the Qur'an and Sunnah. Our purpose herein is to gain closeness and proximity to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this is the month of Ramadan and right in the middle of the discussion of the verses pertaining to fasting in Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also t- takes us on a journey whereby we discover how to call upon Him. فَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ when my servants ask you, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, about me, about Allah, فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ I am near. So there's no intermediary, there's no قُلْ Say to them, I'm near. There's no, um, you know, I will be near if they do this. I will be near because, no, there's just I am near. So in light of this, we ask the question, how can we draw close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through calling upon Him? The context of the revelation of this particular verse is that the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum they asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam أَقَرِيبٌ رَبُّنَا فَنُنَاجِيهِ أَمْ بَعِيدٌ فَنُنَادِيهِ Is our Rabb very close to us so that we can have an intimate conversation with him and whisper to him أَمْ بَعِيدٌ or is he very far away from us فَنُنَادِيهِ So we have to actually call out to him and the response, of course, as we saw, was that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala immediately said, فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ I am near. And moreover, he also says, أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِي إِذَا دَعَانِ I respond to the call of the caller whenever he or she calls me. So based on the fact that this is right in the center of the verses pertaining to fasting, as we hear every single year, we once again pay attention to the fact that dua is an essential part of worship. If nothing else gave us this impression, then for the very least, let us look at the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ in which he himself informs us that dua mukhul ibadah. Dua is the essence of worship. And in yet another narration, he says, dua hiya al-ibadah or huwa al-ibadah. Dua, it is worship. So not only is it the essence of worship, but dua is a form of worship. And I would like that through this series we come to appreciate the fact that dua is not just our presentation of a shopping list to our Creator, Azza wa Jal, saying, I want this and I want that and grant me this and grant me that. While yes, we do turn to Allah with our needs, but dua is so much more than that. It is the servant or the slave coming to the Master, coming to the Creator, Rabbul Alameen, acknowledging that he or she, the slave in other words, has no power, no ability, and is absolutely dependent upon the, on, upon the power and ability of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we come to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as, as servants, and we raise our hands and we humble ourselves before Him and we praise Him and we send salutations upon His most beloved Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and then we present ourselves to him subhanahu wa ta'ala in our weakest forms 
acknowledging our wrongdoings and begging his forgiveness and then appealing to his majesty by praising him subhanahu wa ta'ala and asking him in the most beautiful way with his most beautiful names and then asking our needs. Now it is at this point that this particular series of ours may benefit us because while we can speak to Allah, we can speak to Allah from our hearts, in our mother tongues, we can speak to Allah in a way that we can understand and we can certainly use the formulas that we find within Quran and Sunnah to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The question that we that we often have is, so how do I speak to Allah? How do I express myself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Other than the etiquettes, other than the formalities of how to begin and how to end, what should I actually say to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And again, let me reiterate that you can absolutely speak to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from your heart and whatever comes to mind, it is with that that you speak to your Rabb subhanahu. However, we also need to acknowledge that the best way to speak to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are with His own divine words. Because remember, we are speaking about the creator of all existence and we are speaking about us, creation, humans within our limited capacity, our limited minds. So yes, of course, we can use our words and our formulas, and that's perfectly fine, but we will never match the divine beauty and the divine splendor that is to be found in the divine word, because the Quran is the kalam of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam are direct teachings from the one who received the wahi from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala directly, Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So when we look at the, the supplications or the prayers or the du'as from the Qur'an and from the sunnah, what we are actually looking at is Allah's way of teaching us how to ask Him, what to say to Him and what to ask Him for. So it's not just the formula as in, okay, uh, we ask in this manner, but also the content. Because by, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala pinpointing exactly what it is that we should be desiring, what we should be aspiring towards, what we should be uh, keeping in our, in our sights as our goals for this world and in the world hereafter, we also find guidance. So for example... We learn in the Qur'an to ask for the best in this world and the best in the world you're after and, and for salvation from the fire of Jahannam. A very important dua, uh, if not one of the most comprehensive duas that we find in the Qur'an and Sunnah. رَبَّنَا آتِنَا فِي الدُّنْيَا حَسَنَا وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ حَسَنَا وَكِنَا عَذَابَ النَّارِ So it's not just that we now memorize this formula and we recite it frequently. That's one part of it. But another part of it is the fact that from this supplication we learn that we should aspire towards excellence in this life as well as in the next life. We learn that we should not ignore this life and say, well, I don't care what I get in the dunya as long as I get excellence in the akhirah. Because the dua that Allah teaches us is Allah telling us to want the best of the dunya. And of course, we need to understand best in light of the sharia and to want the best of the akhirah, okay? And then on top of all of that, to also strive harder for the akhirah than for the dunya because he includes the additional extra waqina adab al-nar. 
and save us from the fire of Jahannam, which is already included in the best of the Akhirah. So just from this one dua, we already learn that one third of our aspirations in this life that Allah had given us should be toward this world, our life, our livelihood, our families, our homes, our careers, etc. And that's very fair because we will be longer in the Akhirah, far more than two-thirds more, you know. And then for the rest of our aspirations, we should direct them to the Akhirah exclusively, wanting Jannah, working towards it, wanting to be saved from Jahannam and working towards being saved from Jahannam and wanting the same for our families. So we learn this dua, we learn the divine way of asking for what this dua is asking for, we learn how to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comprehensively because what better supplication can be more comprehensive than this asking for the best in both worlds. And we learn that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to strive for good, not only good excellence, the best in this world and in the world you're after, as opposed to living only for the world you're after and ignoring this world entirely. And as opposed to working only for this world and ignoring the year after in entirely. And then in terms of the proportion, it's like an added bonus that we learn how much of our time and our effort and our energy and even our money should we be investing in this world as opposed to the world you're after. This is just a glimpse at some of the lessons that are contained within the supplications of the Qur'an and of the Sunnah. The Sunnah itself teaches us many supplications along with their virtues. So there we learn the way that the Prophet ﷺ praised Allah, asked Allah, begged Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and taught us to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and along with that he also taught us certain virtues. That if you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like this, or you say this supplication, the reward that you may bring or draw to yourself as a result of it is X, Y, and Z. And if you recite this particular dhikr or litany, then the reward would be A, B, and C. And so the Qur'an and the Sunnah teaches us not only what to say, but also how to say it, and also lessons that we would otherwise not really receive guidance that we wouldn't really uh, be aware of if we were to rely solely on our own supplications. Ideally, a Muslim should try and memorize as many of the supplications and litanies from the Qur'an and Sunnah as possible and incorporate as many of those into our own ibadah with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on a daily basis. And by doing so, when you have a need you primarily rely on the formula that Allah himself had instructed, that the Prophet ﷺ himself had instructed, and then we can incorporate that in terms of how to attain our need in the best possible way. And needless to say, you can of course add your own formula or your own preferred way of asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or just speaking to Allah from our own hearts and our own mother tongues. I do find that there are benefits to speaking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our own language, in our own tongues, that we wouldn't necessarily get, you know, 
from our perspective, from this worldly perspective, when we only rely on Arabic formulas from the Quran and Sunnah. And I mean thereby that the, the, the du'as from the Quran and the Sunnah are certainly more powerful and divine and contain more blessings. But if we don't understand what we are saying and we are not able to connect with it on a spiritual level and it's merely just a ritual act of moving the mouth and making certain sounds, then in those circumstances specifically, we may benefit more from actually speaking to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know, from the heart and with our own tongues. And then I would say don't rest there, but rather strive to learn as many of the divine supplications as is possible. And we have a beautiful opportunity in the month of Ramadan to follow along with this program and try to, to learn the ada'iyah or the supplications as we proceed. So some of them we will already be familiar with. For example, Surah Al-Fatiha, that's the first supplication we'll be discussing. And needless to say, every Muslim should be familiar with Surah Al-Fatiha because it's a prerequisite in order for our prayers to be valid that we have memorized and that we are able to recite Surah Al-Fatiha. But hopefully, through this series, you'll be able to connect with Surah Al-Fatiha and the other supplications on a different level. So instead of just looking at Surah Al-Fatiha as this surah that we must recite because, you know, that's just how we make salah, but we also see that in it, inside Surah Al-Fatiha, the heart of it is a, it is a supplication. It is a conversation between ourselves and, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that through connecting this uh, supplication to our genuine needs and by, by reciting it in the form of a dua, meaning in, in the spirit of a dua, with that same type of humility that is, that is required and that is sought after when turning to Allah in dua, then our connection with Surah Al-Fatiha may just improve and we may just find that we can connect at a deeper level ta'ala. And similarly, Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana and uh, other ada'iyah that we, that we perhaps have memorized before. And we may even know the meanings thereof. But inshallah, through engaging with these supplications at this level of tafakkur, tadabbur, discussing the context of its revelation, discussing the stories hidden therein, or discussing the lessons and the aspirations that Allah Ta'ala actually teaches us through these supplications, our hope and our intention, bi'idhnillah, is that we can develop ourselves and our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and our ability to make dua and supplicate to him Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal and that we can be from among those who Allah ta'ala responds to them especially in this month of Ramadan that when they call out to Allah in the best of ways with the best of formulas and with the cleanest of hearts and they call out to Allah with the words that he himself had taught them or the words that his beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam had taught them, that we will be from among those who hear, spiritually listen to the, the beautiful response of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ When my servant calls out and they ask about me, فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ Indeed, I am near. I hope that we can look forward to this journey together and that you'll be joining us every day, same time, right here on The Voice of the Cape. Barakallahu li wa lakum. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.